The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. When in a doctor's waiting office, we will opt for people, but sometimes also peruse Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. Welcome to the Notorious OTB. The reason we have to keep perusing uh, Blood Horse Magazine, as much as I, I feel like I've been like uh, digging a fictional grave for it and dancing on it for absolutely no reason. I have no beef with Blood Horse. Uh, but uh, anyway, it's a fun thing to do in my pod. I still have to read it, though. I still have to read it because you get important tidbits like, uh, say, uh, profiles of up-and-comers who are friends of the pod. Sarah L. Bodway, she's here she, on, her, on her victory tour of being profiled. Like, I don't know, like, if you're like me, I grew up in the streets and being profiled was a bad thing. But, like, for you, like, it sounds like this was a cool thing. Yeah, I guess it was a, a good way of being profiled for once. Um, so it was great to do the interview and and really nice of Karen Johnson, the author of uh, the article, to think of me and want to highlight some uh, some Naira action during Belmont Stakes Week, of course. So a huge privilege to be on and, and talk a little bit about why racing is so important to me and how I've been able to get to the point where I'm at. And you're one of the people that's helped me get there. And it, it really wouldn't all kind of be happening the way that it is without uh, you and your podcast and, and your friendship as well. So uh, always great to talk some racing with you. See, now I told the people when I recorded yesterday that I was number three on the list between behind Matthew, who we also love dearly. There's no sour grapes there by any means. Um, and then uh, Ed DeRosa. Uh, yeah, he's okay. You know, uh, just kidding. Ed's great. Um, and, I, you know, so I said on here, it just, it just couldn't fit in three. It's cool. There's a word limit. We understand. So. I just confirmed it. See, I'm not a liar. Um, you are living in a post-apocalyptic dystopian orange death cloud. What's that like right now? Uh, the sky was less yellow today, which um, is not the sentence of optimism I thought I would be saying all day. Uh, but yet it was. The cloudy haze around 2 p.m. yesterday looked like some sort of smoky golden hour gone wrong. Um, but today the sky looked much more similar to what you would normally find it with actual clouds and some blueness to it. And the AQI, which suddenly everyone is interested in, not AQU or BAQ, but AQI um, has been steadily declining all day, which is a good thing. And that's the air quality index. So. I mean, I've had a lot of questions today in terms of what we're going to be doing for this weekend, and I really don't know more than the public knows, but it seems as though for now, with things improving and the new guidelines set out, that we're going to do our best, and we're optimistic as long as something doesn't dramatically shift overnight, um, we march forwards. I It's on me that they got canceled today. Um snow day rules applied. I didn't think about it. I went ahead and I did all of my homework and everything. 
like just because of what you know oh, no, i'm not gonna cancel and then because i did all of my work for it recorded a pod gave out picks that's why i was canceled so that's completely on me and i don't mind uh admitting it at all uh so you're gonna be doing uh what talking horses on belmont saturday right that is a are true you, are fact you, are you jazzed are you pumped are you ready for the show do you have any wardrobe changes uh no wardrobe changes during i mean there's really only one break um with very limited time where we talk about saratoga water so um no dramatic outfit switches uh but this episode will be 9 30 in the morning because we are starting races earlier and we have a full 13 race card so um i think i just need a few more cups cups of coffee earlier in the morning i never need more cups but i definitely need more cups of coffee early in the morning to get ready for it but i'm excited i mean it's a huge opportunity and i'm really grateful to be able to talk about what is an amazing card um through and through but also plenty of stakes races lots of horses that we all know and are excited to see run it's kind of like a mini breeders cup i mean they did an excellent job of putting the card together so it it is truly a privilege to be able to talk about it i See, if I were you, Serling would probably feel put out because I have already had arranged for the like the Rihanna halftime show, like Smash Brothers platforms and everything. I would have been calling the ninth from like 50 feet above him. Um, speaking of calling races, though, why is Sarah here? That's right, because she is our, our resident Naira expert. It is Naira's day weekend to shine Friday and Saturday. And uh, we figured uh, it'd be a little be fun to do one of these. Uh, cool two-day wagers and we dialed in on one specifically the granddaddy of them all the two-day pick six that starts at belmont tomorrow friday in the race nine with the uh, acorn hits the 10th with the belmont gold cup then we move to saturday and we've got the jiper the met mile the manhattan and last but not least the test of a champion the belmont man I, I'm pretty excited about this Belmont. Like, I think the Belmont race itself is pretty good. Um, the Belmont cards are yeah, excellent. Both excellent. Like, there are some turf races that I will be will not be surprised if a horse that was already scratched somehow gets back in and wins. Like, it just seems absolutely adequate. Uh, you know, you said you like how they, how they got it set up. So you're a fan of how they got the card constructed. I know how you like they got it how they uh, got them pulled in here. I mean, just pedal to the metal, straight stakes races. Let's get after it. Yeah. I mean, let's do it. It's, it's a, it's a fun, exciting uh, two days of racing, but also a lot of races. And by the end of the night, last night with uh, all the handicapping that I was doing, I actually texted our, our good friend of your podcast, Matthew DeSantis. And I was like, to me, everyone's running in the same race. Everyone's together. Let's run them all at the same time. Just could you imagine if they ran all of the horses at once on one particular surface or distance and just see who's the ultimate fastest? So before we start, I need to indulge in my really silly question. Who do you think it would win? I'm sorry, what? Say that again? <laughs> I can hear you. If we ran all of the horses over the two days at once, who would win? Oh, man. This would be this would be such a great uh, race for a just an intrepid closer like a uh, big package. Even though he's not in the David Donk barn anymore, um, I don't know. I really don't know. I 
probably a Charlie Appleby horse, honestly. Um, I, I'm going to the to those by default. I, okay, I'll say uh, uh, Siskiny or Siskiny or whatever the uh, the Charlie Appleby horse. That's a uh, eight to five in the uh, in the Gold Cup. That'd be the horse them all somehow. Um, I'm really kind of interested to see this. This feels like the Palio now that I think about it. Yeah, everyone oh. blends together after several days, but that's a good. This pick. is true. I yeah. I don't even. I don't remember. What are we talking about? Oh yeah. We're talking about Belmont this weekend. Edge Boost. Because this episode is supported by Edge Boost. It's the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Maybe you could bet on Siskani to beat every single horse at Belmont Park. I don't know who offers that action, but you could. Get down on some of your favorite features without type, tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet you like, or even use it to create an awesome hedge. Just kidding, no hedges are awesome. Edge boost isn't some sleazy loan shark. It's not going to hit you with a lead pipe. It's not going to break your thumbs. They charge zero interest. You know any way you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest. Edge Boost can also uh, be part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, monthly limits across all of your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get into the horses all right the first leg this is going to be a 20 cent pick six but it's a unique one it is not a jackpot oh no no the whole pool is going to pay out with the conclusion with the belmont i'm really happy that they're doing this i feel like this is a cool feature because uh, a dollar pick six is uh i mean you have to depending on what kind of player you are maybe you have to save bankroll a little bit to play that one specific bet um or you're you know doing like me and getting way too cute and cheaping out when you could you know, win on these things. Uh, what do you, what do you think of the, like just the 20 cent pick six in general? Uh, As honestly, I thought it was a typo when I saw it. Um, and I had to ask a couple people to confirm that we were actually running a 20 cent pick six, because that's not something that we've offered at Naira for quite some time. We switched over to the dollar minimum and away from jackpots a while ago, but it's cool that this is not that kind of jackpot bet. This is really just for this specific event over this weekend. And it's a little bit more affordable, as you mentioned, to the average horse player or someone from the general public that might be indulging in these kind of wagers, whereas that's not really normally what they would go to or how they would bet if they would bet at all. So I think it just makes it more accessible. Um, and they chose some some good races that I think that you can have some ways to get around favorites or that at least require you to think a little bit outside the box in terms of where you're going with different directions. And I think that if you can get a little bit creative in some places or at least sneak some prices into your ticket, you can get paid fairly well. I completely agree. I, I tried to like lean on a co- into a couple places where I felt like I had strong singles. I had two. Uh, for like the the larger turf races like the Jiper uh, and uh, I want to say what is it the Manhattan uh, later in the card on Saturday yeah the Manhattan I want to say I was like five deep in both of those which is a little bit deeper than I like to go but twenty cent base you get to go a little bit uh, a little bit deeper I always like discourage people from playing twenty cent pick sixes because they're always tied to a jackpot 
That's why. It's a terrible bet except for the mandatory payout day. But this is a guaranteed force out of the entire pool. This makes this a great bet, and that's why we're definitely covering it. So let's look at the eight and a half furlong, $500,000 acorn stakes. It's a grade one. It's on the dirt. And if I'm not mistaken, this one is faux the ladies. That is a true fact. Yeah, I was looking for a sound drop that was going to make that way better. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I can still find it. I can still salvage this. Nope. The time has passed. Okay. Um, I ended up going three deep in the opener. I think a lot of it is fear of uh, choking in the first leg. Um, but I also tried to get a little bit contrarian here uh, because I did think that there was a whole lot of pace. It seemed like the, the morning line went the pace's direction, like they're expecting the the souped up uh, Naira main track or something. What what did you think of this race? Well, I get why David Aragona, our morning line maker, kind of had to go with Money's Gold as the favorite because she is the horse in this field that does have the best fire speed figures. And even though she did get beat as the heavy favorite last time out by Red Carpet Ready, it's not as though she completely folded in that race. And, and Red Carpet Ready is a good horse. And I mean, if you're of the belief that either the race was not the place to be, then you're elevating her performance. And if you believe it was the place to be, then maybe you elevate red carpet readies. But either way, I mean, she's run numbers that are just faster than what we've seen from the rest of this field. And as far as her ability to stretch out, I think that that might be an angle that is more prone to be overlooked on a day like this, where you do have more of that general public just kind of sticking to the basics of how to look at these races. But since that's not what we're doing, I don't know that she's really going to improve when being stretched out. And this was kind of a weird spot for me to find her in rather than the Jersey girl, where she would have been a, probably the second choice behind red carpet ready were those races to be run on Thursday. But for me, I'm going a little bit outside the box here with a horse that did run behind those two in the number eight, a seed for trainer Chad Brown, who was only making her second start in that race at Churchill Downs in the eight bells. And while the short comment that day says that she hung in the stretch, those were good horses in front of her and they weren't coming back to her. So I think that might be a little bit critical of her performance. And as you mentioned, the pace set up in this race, I think that she's going to really benefit from that as she is in that outside stalking position. So she's the one I wanted to put on top. And I also couldn't totally dismiss the Kentucky Oaks winner and pretty mischievous. So I went with those two to start out. So you're a seed on top. Yes. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Not me. I would have thought. Yeah, that's that's my top pick. I, I think the, the pace setup makes way too, way, way too much sense here. Uh, I mean, Judd Mott homebred for Chad Brown. Can't really argue with that. Second time facing winners. And that was a big piece to bite off for your uh, for your first time facing winners in the uh, the grade two eight bells at a Churchill Downs like Kentucky Derby weekend. I I mean, for when we're we're other chatting here, which is a a plus, uh, you have to consider the fact that the really the horse hasn't really done anything wrong. Uh, I, I love this shot. And if the horse can rate a little bit, like it's shown the ability to maybe not let this race get a little too far out in front of it. Like it maybe did in the, uh, in the eight bells hang close, love a seat in this spot. Um, I also used pretty mischievous as my, as, uh, an include on the ticket. The other one was the one Darth Vader. And I got all these holes that I can pour, 
poke in Darth Vader. Uh, for one, the name is dumb. Uh, for two, um, I don't think that Darth Vader necessarily wants this distance, but I have a counter to that, which is I think Darth Vader wants one turn routes. So maybe the horse wants one turn routes more than it doesn't want. That's like five negatives in a row. Basically, I think the horse keeps the distance if it's a one turn, uh, a one turn race. So I, especially at that price, which is uh, ample at 10 to one, I, I decided to include with uh, a seat at eight to one, pretty mischievous at two to one. And then uh, on the rail, Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. I picked her fourth. I think she ran a better than it looks fifth in that Kentucky Derby. And I think that she also will probably take back a little bit, let some other horses go in front of her and get a similar kind of stocking trip. It'll just be a determination of if she can get outside of some traffic and also if she's good enough. All right. So that is race nine, the acorn. That's a fun one. My uncle's from Arkansas. They pronounce it acorn and it drives my uh, wife crazy. Um, fun fact about me. So moving on the second leg, which also takes place on Friday. So this is leg B race 10 immediately following the acorn, the two mile $250,000 Belmont gold cup stakes. How, how is that not a bigger purse for a grade one on the turf, which I believe is on the Widener turf. Also let's check. Yep. On the Widener turf. Um, I thought this could be, I mean, I already said that I thought this horse could beat all of the other horses if they ran at the same time. So I don't think there's a, a secret that this is my single here. Uh, the two Siskiny for um, Charlie Appleby. And if you've listened to the show, you know that a couple of weeks ago, I decided to quit trying to beat Charlie Appleby and banging my head against the wall because I, I don't want to have to give plasma to make ends meet at the, after I've gone broke trying to beat Charlie Appleby over and over again. Then he lost a race with a heavy favorite after I just said, I'm going to blindly take him. I decided that was a trap. Then he lost another race with a heavily preferred horse. I've decided that that was a trap within a trap to ensnare me here. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Leo might've been involved. I'm just leaning into Charlie Appleby because William Buick is in town. I'm singling the two Siskiny. Rosie is full throated agreement back there. Good God. What do you got, Sarah? I mean, Siskiny makes a lot of sense, and I couldn't leave him off my ticket. I mean, his loan start at the two-mile distance, he was second to Broom in the Dubai World Cup with Buick aboard. And in there, you know, he really never saw the rail, and he wasn't dead last either, like some of these horses are for the Applebee Barn when they come over from Europe. So I like that he showed an ability to at least sit mid-pack and handle going this distance, even though he didn't win that race. But... The traps within the traps have gotten me a little bit cold on fully relying on these horses. So I'm actually going four deep in here. And I'm including the number four, Tide of the Sea, who ran a huge race, finishing second last time as the speed. The number five, Strong Tide, who is my top pick, as well as the number eight, British Royalty, for a little bit of a price. And with Strong Tide, I mean, in that multiple horse photo for third in the grade one man of war won by Red Knight, he was 50 to one that day, which was an insane price. And he's run well in both turf and dirt at a variety of distances. He ran third in this race last year, won by Loft. And for him, that was actually only three starts ago, sitting very close to the pace setter that day. And you know how these New York turf races play out when we're going marathon distances. 
usually you want to be up close. So I know that he's going to have the stamina to stay involved and be more forwardly placed than some of those other horses that like to come from further out of it. So I mean, I'm very interested in him in this spot. I don't know if he's quite good enough if we see Siskini really show up with his A effort, but I, I have to use him. I, I tell you what, I, I almost let myself really just go off the reservation on this race and try to, cause I, I did, I did really like a uh, Lamprator. I, I felt like that horse was going to set a, a great trip. I, I strong tide also, I mean, strong tide could easily just be the speed of speed there. Um, who knows? Maybe channel maker runs back to the average of a one Oh three in Briz figure, which still like doesn't make, you can cross out like six of its most recent races and like pick out races from like 10 back. And it's, Average of its last three clean races are 103. It's always faster, and it's always those races. It's fucking crazy. But, yeah, I'm on Siskiny. Uh, I'm not on underdog here. I'm chalking it up. But we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. With NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays head over to underdogfantasy.com use promo code SGN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100 that's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPDAMN it's just SGPN I added the DAMN for effect so like that will mess up your code you won't get your thing that's my bad in hindsight all right so rhyme again Sarah who'd you take in the uh, second leg of this I'm going Siskini. with four horses. Siskini, the number okay. two, four, Tide of the Sea, number five, Strong Tide, and number eight, British Royalty. I like this because if my horse wins and we both stay alive, like I get to win and you get to feel kind of bad because like he spread and got the chalk. Ooh, I'm cold-blooded these Aww. days. All right, moving moving All to right. Saturday. Hey, it's a, it's a dog-eat-dog world in the under the yellow smoke-filled skies. Of Belmont. Uh, Saturday, we move to the rest of this pick six. So uh, we go 9 10 on Friday. We skip to race nine on Saturday. The six furlong Jiper Stakes, grade one on the Widener turf. Note I have for myself is just a big old nasty turf sprint race. This is awesome. Like, this is going to be chaotic, I think. Uh, I don't know how anyone could have the guts to pick chalk here, uh, quite honestly. Uh, but let's see. Sarah, are you seeing it the same way? Yeah, I mean, this is an exciting race. I know that Caravelle is the one to beat with what we've been able to see from her since she's really come alive for the Brad Cox barn. But she also draws pretty unfavorably all the way to the far outside. And there was some talk of Ascot being on the table for her. And while this isn't necessarily an easier spot, I guess kind of for her it is compared to all the travel and going over there. So I guess you have kind of wonder a little bit if maybe they made a decision based on where they felt she was at. But at the same time, this is a, a big race for her and it's a really good group. And I ended up going four deep in here as well with the number two Go Bears Go as my top pick. And I know this was a horse that a lot of people had an interest in when he came over as a two year old to run in the Breeders' Cup here. And I don't really have an excuse for his non-effort in the Breeders' Cup turf sprint last time or last year, rather. But I feel as though he redeemed himself enough off the layoff last time in this turf sprint stakes at Churchill, where he was third behind a long shot winner that you had in a great name, No Balls. 
And this is one of the very rare Wesley Ward horses on turf at a fair price. He's won at this distance before in Europe where he's done most of his running. He might need to take a step forward, but this is a race that should have some pace in it. He's going to be coming from a little bit further off of it. And something that's worth noting, too, that we didn't talk about yet is that the rails are going to be down for the first time on both turf courses. And while I don't want to make any judgments about what that means in terms of any particular bias we might see, generally it'll be beneficial to be inside. And, and how much of a severity that is in terms of aiding those horses, we'll have to see play out in real time before making any real determinations. But it's something to keep in mind, especially when you have your favorites towards the outside. That's such a, just a, I want to full on like Medea preach right there with you talking about the temp rails guys. It's important. Pay attention to it, especially uh, I love playing temp rail angles when we get to Saratoga time. I, I thought it ended up being a recipe red at, at six to one. I know I talked a lot of shit about uh, having big prices in this one. Um, maybe I was just trying to throw you off of my hand. Uh, no, I, I thought the pace really worked here, but honestly I'm using a recipe red because there's just like a, I projected the pace and, and there's just like a, a chunk, a circle of horses that if they're in that and I thought they were good enough to win, that's who I want. And Resume Red was in there. So, I mean, I get the the name brand of West Ward and Irad Ortiz, even though I hate Irad Ortiz, it's kind of a warm, fuzzy feeling having him. The other horses I used were the three Air Force Red at uh, 12 to one. Uh, I, it, this could be the speed that goes. I, I feel like uh, I've seen speed kind of kick away a little bit on the turf uh, over the last couple weeks. I don't know if it's I'm just watching maiden races or what I, if I'm seeing uh, something false here. But I do like kind of playing the speed, especially on a big day like this. Then I also use the 10 big invasion at six to one. Uh, the 11 Costa Creed at 19 to two. And last but not least, a horse that should be from way wide if it comes at all the 13 front run the fed at 30 to one sweet yeah i mean it's definitely a spread type of race i went with go bears go i also went with nine nothing better who i think could be a major pace factor and has just been really consistent lately casa creed's trying to win this for a third year in a row he'll be on my ticket and as much as i'd love to be caravel she won't be an extremely short price so she is still on there all right well We've got it surrounded. That's for sure. Like, I feel bad for us if we one of us doesn't make it through this leg alive. Let's move on to Saturday. Race 10. Eight furlongs. This is leg, what, four now? Woo, four. Of the two-day pick six, the 20 center, the $1 million at mile stakes, grade one on the dirt. I singled here again. Um, in another place and it's it's pretty uh it's pretty predictable quite honestly but um can you overcome the story and, and pick another horse uh or are you singled to cody's wish like i am uh i'm not singled but i mean he's the most likely winner you gotta root for him it's it's an unbelievable story and at times where i feel as though we're getting a little bit desperate for good news this horse runs and we all can agree that this makes us feel good and it's a moment worth being a part of and celebrating and it just goes to show how important connecting with horses can be and I feel like in some ways some of us kind of lose sight of just how important that is from time to time so Cody's wish always serves as a really great reminder and he's also a superstar I mean he's an incredibly talented horse he's probably the best horse in this race and likely to prove it again. But 
I gotta give my buddy Hoist the Gold the number four some love as I always do because he's just so consistent. I respect it. I respect it. You gotta stick with your guys, man. He's my man. I mean, can you imagine if we were talking about a horse that won those races where he's hitting the board at this at those giant prices? I mean, if you were talking about a horse in this race that won the Perryville, the Malibu, the Commonwealth, and the Churchill Downs, what price would he be? Um, four Not to five. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's for sure. That's I I like. It's a good price. I don't know. Dallas Stewart just kind of. I don't know. I feel like once he moves to New York, goes to New York, he kind of gets overlooked. I know he's got a bad record shipping, or at least used to have a bad record shipping to Saratoga, if I'm remembering that correctly. Saratoga and Belmont aren't the same tracks. So not only am I not questioning you, I'm also I didn't mean to burn your ear. That's my bad. Listen, I this all fit too well for Cody's wish. I really want Cody's wish to win um, because they keep talking about that happy story. And if they're not talking about the happy story of Cody's wish, they're just asking well, things yeah. like, Hey, Hey, the shake. Like why hasn't your daughter been at like three company picnics in a row? But There's um, a lot of stories I, in racing that don't feel quite as nice. And this is a good one. No, um, this I want is a Cody good one. So. And I want hoist the gold to finish second so I can cash a giant exacta again. But the on the off time that he beats him. The first time they did the Cody's Wish story, like during the the Breeders' Cup last year, I only kind of caught it. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I I caught it right in between the fucking eyes, Kentucky Derby weekend. I, lots of tears, lots of tears. And I would like to cry happy tears with racing, not because we're so infuriating sometimes. Uh, but yeah, I, I was stone cold single, Cody's Wish, your Cody's Wish, hoist the gold. And did you have another horse? That's it? Just those two? That's it? I like it no muss no fuss let's talk about race 11 10 furlong seven hundred fifty thousand dollar. the manhattan stakes grade one why doesn't the the you know the bronx or like queens or yonkers get get a borough stake because we've got like the manhattan we've got the brooklyn like where's where's the love for the the bridge and tunnel folk you don't want stakes for those places these are the places you want the stakes for <laughs> I even though I've never been from the Boogie Down Bronx, I claim the Boogie Down Bronx. I'll have you know. Brett, hit me with the horse, man. Y'all ready? Let's go. Oh, no. I so my part of my strategy was having these two singles so I could spread in the Jiper and then also in the Manhattan. And I went, I went pretty friggin' deep here with five horses. I do have one fairly chalky pick, and uh, guess guess who it is. Who is it? It's the four. Ottoman Fleet. It's for Charlie Appleby. He's got the best friend. Yeah. He's uh, he's from the Buick Automobile, fortunately, of the jockey. Um, So I I do have have Ottoman Fleet in there, but I've got a couple prices. Um, Who was your top pick in the Manhattan? So I actually ended up singling in here because I felt as though this was a race where a lot of people would not single and I've included a lot of chalk up until now and, and a little bit going forwards too. So this to me kind of felt like that zag where other zig moment. And I went ahead and I singled up to the mark um, because this is a horse fast since he's got on, on the turf has just been seriously a new creature. And I mean, 
that race that he ran at Gulfstream Park with his turf debut, I mean, you saw him moving on the turn and you knew that if you liked anybody in front of him, you were toast. I mean, he was just making this extremely wide move and great on uh, announcer Pete Ayala to see it and call it. Um, appropriately as it was happening. And I mean, there's no disgrace at finishing third to horses like Modern Games and Chess Pierre, two back in the makers, Mark Mile. And I think that, you know, just winning his last start with the ease that he did, I like the progressive stretch outs for him. They've been working for him. And while this will be his first time going this mile and a quarter distance, I just don't really see it being a problem for him. I think there's enough speed in here that he can get himself into a good position tactically and getting around ottoman fleet as well as some other horses in a race where it's really competitive outside of those two and even with those two i mean there's a lot of different directions you could go in i just thought that this was a good place to take a stand because it wasn't going to be where other people did i took a stand and it's that i wasn't going to get fooled with some second charlie appleby bullshit so i used the three warren point along with the four ottoman red uh and then i had three more horses i used the five soldier rising at a 12 to one the six red knight at eight to one and last but not least the 10 highest honors um yeah i'm covering covering my other trainer angles i'm not getting other brown i'm not getting other applebee like i'm not going to the less cool applebee's across the street i'm getting going to both applebee's getting both browns that woof, i'd probably i don't I'm think you want to go to both yeah have you um, been doing applebee's lately oh god no no XFL Jim, like that's one of the fair few restaurants that he's got in his part in Nebraska. And I think he's got a lurid love affair uh, with the uh, the waitress at, at Applebee's. I don't think they like talk to each other about each other's feelings, but their needs are met. Mm. What a depressing world where they don't use I feel statements. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not hip to modern psychology in um, the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. Like, like we, uh, you know high thinkers in Arkansas and New York too. Um, all right. So I was three, four, five, six, ten. Who'd you have again in the Manhattan? Just number eight up to the mark. So this is, uh, this is where we diverge. This is where it's the paths in the snowy wood. And then something happened and I don't remember the poem, man. I wasn't there for a lot of English class. All right. We are on to it. The big one. Scrambling, gambling, I must rock with mandolins and violins. We just sitting here trying to win, trying not to sin. High off weed and lots of gin. Dude, high off weed and lots of gin sounds miserable, just for the record. Again, um, 12 furlongs. That's right, a mile and a half. $1.5 million. Belmont Stakes, you guessed it, a grade one on the dirt at Big Sandy. Um, I think this is a really interesting race. I think there are a lot of how you say uh, ins, outs, and what have yous. Um, do you have any particular ins or outs or maybe a rogue what have you uh, here with uh, with the Belmont? What are you thinking? Well, I think that you were looking at a race where without Tappet Shoes becoming a part of this field and especially him drawing the rail, you were looking at National Treasure getting that spot alone on the lead again and something that is a pretty common misnomer that, um, again, our good friend Matthew DeSantis, who we can't talk about enough, really did a deep dive on as far as the data behind how this is true. Closers don't do well in the Belmont Stakes. And if a lot of people are under the impression that just getting more distance, those horses that come from off the pace will suddenly 
perform better. That's not the case. They need pace to close into. And so horses that are forward early or have made their move into position by the top of the stretch are the ones that are more historically successful in this race. So I think that's something to keep in mind as you go through and look at this field of nine. And for me, I was looking at, okay, there's at least two horses that'll be up close early. I don't really want anything to do with either of them. A horse like Forte, who was your derby favorite, as we all know, and had to scratch out the morning of, he now ends up here rather than waiting for a race over the summer at Saratoga. And I also get why David Ergo had to make him the favorite. I mean, he was the favorite in the Derby. The horse that had ever finished the closest to him won the race. And now he's coming in fresh. But historically speaking, layoffs like this don't necessarily do well in this race either. Even if he is truly the most talented member of this three-year-old division. And I do believe he is from what we've seen so far. So... I went to a horse that I've never liked before, and that's the number seven hit show. Um, but before I, I wax poetic about him, what were your thoughts? So, I one, I think this is a deceptively slow pace. Um, I, I think Tap It Shoes, of course, I think you probably said this. Um, so, I'm going to say it real quick. Hand is forced. We know what you have to do. You drew the rail. You're going. Um, I think that it probably either duels with national treasure or keeps national treasure from getting the lead. If national treasure doesn't make the lead. I, I really don't like the horse's chances at all. The wild card, of course, Il Miracolo. I don't think the horse wants to go that fast when they stretch out. I think when it's a mile, the horse will send it, but I, I don't think that whenever they actually stretch out. And I, the reason I say that is because history um, I know there are some troubled trips in there. There's some fractures behind the, the gates and everything, but it only seems to happen whenever you add extra furlongs or half furlongs to, to the races. Uh, you know, maybe the horse just needs to be a miler. It seems to be what we breed best these days anyway. Um, I don't think that your Il Miracolo necessarily goes. So I think it sets up for like four horses in particular really well that I can just kind of like draw a, a circle around. Uh, and it's, it's like two, three, five, seven, eight, right there, that little pack. And of those, I settled on uh, a, a horse that's brought to you. Courtesy of Peter Pan bus line. <laughs> Coming out of the Peter Pan for Gina Antonucci. Uh, I'm going to say uh, the, the mob princess of Northern New Jersey because I've never met her and I make bad nicknames for people. Uh, Archangelo, eight to one. With JJ up. I, I think JJ will give this horse a fairly aggressive ride, put it in a spot, could be sitting that pocket trip. Look back at the history. Uh, last race, in first the top of the stretch. Every other race is sitting a half length off right at the top of the stretch. I really think Archangelo gets a gets a great race. I don't have very much faith in, you know, any horse that comes from deeper back like Forte and such, just because I don't think the pace is there. Yeah, I think Archangelo is a really uh, viable alternative as um, his Peter Pan was a really solid race and him and Bishop's Bay pulled pretty well clear of the third place finisher in there. He was very game in that effort. Um, I mean, the two of them put on a, a serious show down the lane. And I think that you have to like a lot of things about him, including that he's lightly raced. He hasn't faced a lot of this group before. And He's the one that's really coming into form at this time. So he's a horse that I ended up picking third. I'm not using him on my ticket, but 
I respect his chances, and I think that he is definitely one at a price that I'd want to be using underneath more so than some of these other horses that will be shorter prices that I just don't really think a ton of their chances. So I liked Archangelo, and then I had the thought to myself that Archangelo does have to come a little bit off. So I do have to use two other horses because I think that the the pace just fits. Either two, either one of these, you know, those two horses could be the horse that actually sees the lead and steals the Belmont from the most passive jock colony in the United States. So I included the one Tappet Shoes. I don't think Tappet Shoes is without a chance at all. And especially now that we know what the tac- tactics are, like let's let's send Tappet Shoes. I mean, it's got Tappet in the name. We kind of know Tappet and Belmont. Like I'm not even going to talk about it anymore because if you've listened. To- Listen to horse rate about horse racing for more than like five minutes. You've probably already heard that this week. Uh, and then I'm going to national treasure at five to one. Uh, I think if the horse gets beat to the lead early, the horse will lose. I think if no one beats the horse to the lead early, I think he's got a great chance to win. Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. I just think that um, I'm not totally convinced the national treasure wants to go this distance. And I'm also not totally convinced the tap of shoes is good enough. But if things set up for him, I mean, uh, certainly horses that aren't good enough have one with a pace advantage. Um, I went to hit show. Um, I've never really been a big fan of his. I thought he was getting some really uh, overhyped status and not really demonstrating much of an ability to overcome any adversity in his races as he went off at very short prices and pretty much all of them. Um, but up until the Kentucky Derby, you know, as that heavy favorite, he was able to deliver, yet the numbers weren't anything above his competition. And so it was actually in his losses that I feel as though he showed a lot more really elevating his character in a way, I guess. And in the Wood Memorial from post 13, he had to get into position from a wide draw, sit mid pack, and then was really sandwiched in between both Lord Miles and Dreamlike without getting super intimidated and still fighting to be a part of that race. And then in the Derby, he goes from all the way outside in the race to all the way inside on the rail, which everybody still thinks is the end of the world to draw the rail in the Derby. And I definitely wouldn't say it's an advantage. Um, I feel as though he finished a better than it seems fifth place. And he wasn't far off of a pace that took out pretty much everyone, but two fills who ended up finishing second. So given the dynamics of that race, his performance to me was that, much more appealing than of a horse like Tappet Trice or Angel of Empire because they should have closed in for a piece, whereas he didn't have to stick around. So I like his show's chances. He's the only serious alternative that I want to use to a horse like Gorte, who I think may just be the best, but I don't like a lot of the circumstances bringing him into this race. So if for some reason, the I, I feel like I've something like I've seen this story before. Somehow I could see this race getting incredibly hot and you know who I see winning if that happens. Tell me. Red route one. And I really don't think that. I don't see it at all, but good luck. I don't know. See, I don't think he's great. I don't think that red route one is great. I think that this is just like a Steve Asmussen creator. So if, if Bobby flay buys a slice of red route one tomorrow, so I ended up with just using uh, the one tap at shoes, three Archangelo and the four national treasure. Uh, let's uh, sum up these uh, pick six tickets. If you're ready, you can go. If not, I can go. It's cool. Refresh. Refresh. Um, why don't you go so I can flip to the right page? <laughs> All right. Uh, first leg. I went one, six, eight. Singled the two. Danny uh, in the second leg. 
Uh, leg three, three, eight, 10, 11, 13. Leg four, uh, we singled the one. Leg five, three, four, five, six, 10. And then we finished it with the one. Tap it, choose the three, Arcangelo, and the four, National Treasure. Uh, I believe that was five bucks. I think that was right. Yeah. Yeah, 45 bucks, I think. Sarah, what'd you have? All right. So, leg one, we're going six, eight. Leg two, two, four, five, eight. Leg three, two, nine, 11, 12. Leg four, one, four. Leg five, eight. And then leg six, six, seven for 2560. Now, it, it seems like for the last couple of times that you've come on, you and I have seen eye to eye in quite a few places in terms of, you know, who we like in, in these races. This feels like the, the more, more like spread out that we've been. I feel like that's a little bit of an indicator that like this might be a little bit of a, a crazy sequence and it's only a 20 cent bet. So you should get down on that. Yeah. Sarah, you want to yeah. tell everyone what all you got going? Oh man. All right. Well, you can find tickets. If you missed this one, you can find this ticket as well as tickets for all of our super fun specialty wagers over the next two days over at the Naira Bets website. Of course, they'll be out on socials as well. But I put together some tickets for all the fun doubles we have. We have triple plays. We have the two-day pick six. We got a couple of other super fun wagers um, on Saturday. You know, we got pick fours, middle pick fives, middle pick fours, all kinds of stuff. Like there, there is something for everyone, no matter your budget, your handicapping knowledge, whatever it might be, your time and energy, we've got something for it. Or you could just copy my ticket or add a couple horses, take a few out. Um, whatever you fancy, it's available to you. You can listen to me banter with Andy Sterling on Talking Horses on Friday and Saturday, as well as Sunday. Don't forget, we do have racing the day after the Belmont Stakes. So there's something all weekend long, and we're just hoping that the uh, the thick yellow haze of uh, air pollution is uh, lifting and we can run safely this weekend. And that's, of course, the main goal is just that everybody comes home safe. So it's a big weekend. I'm excited. Man, part of me really hopes that this whole Canadian wildfire smoke thing is actually America's fault because I don't know what to do with myself if, like, we're not the inconsiderate dicks on the continent, you know? Like, that feels like it's been, like, our our thing for a while, and I just kind of feel lost. Um, I lost control of this episode, so I'm going to end it right here. Thanks for listening to the Notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And don't forget... Leave your review for the show wherever you get your podcast. Get your name in the drawing to win the Fallen Bob canvas print. We will draw for that on Belmont Saturday. We will catch you later. 